it's important because uh, it can change uh, the global order. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, as I was saying before, until now, the West was the, was guiding, was uh, was the director of the global order, and now it's not alone anymore. And now yeah. there is this great power who is completely different, who has a completely different culture, a completely different mind. Today I'm here with Giada Massetti, an expert on China and Asia who shares her expertise with multiple communication outlets around the world. As a Sinologist, she's lived in China for a long time and has earned a great amount of knowledge in China's new Silk Road project. I'm looking forward to our conversation, our conversation today, so let's get started. We're just going to start with the general. What is the Chinese government trying to achieve with this new Silk Road project? Uh, a lot of things, actually. Um, someone is calling uh, the Belt and Road Project the globalization with Chinese characteristics because it uh, started. It's like a Chinese-led globalization uh, with an alternative to, to the U.S.-led uh, globalization. So uh, is a and actually is, is very new for for the West. Uh, 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 things like this because. Uh, for China is the first time in history uh, in, in in which China um, go outside. Mm -hmm. uh, historically, she she eat I don't know eat or she eat maybe mm -hmm. China eat right? <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't go outside is uh, is um, I don't know perimeter and uh, this is the first time and. Uh, it's a project who launched was launched by Xi Jinping, who is the the president of the Republic Republic of China right now, and is a very important character I think for history because it changed a lot a lot of things, and this is maybe one of the biggest things. And is a economic as is economic project and also is a geopolitical project. This is very important because China, uh, when uh, it has uh, economic, uh, um, how to say it, um, influence, of course, you can have also political influence. And it's very different from the West because usually the West is trying also to um, export the political system. Uh, but China is not like this. China is very pragmatic, so uh, it just care uh, about business and, uh, of course, uh, loyalty. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, uh, be loyalty politically, but without the intent of export the uh, political the Chinese political system. This is very is a big difference from China from from the West from the how the the West uh, behave uh, in the past centuries. Yeah, so how would you say the this new project started? When did it get going, essentially? Uh, it started very, I don't know, very well and very fast because uh, it started in 2013. Uh, Xi Jinping launched it, uh, it in uh, Nur Sultan, the capital city of Republic of Kazakhstan. And uh, uh, it has a, a network, it, it, it it includes networks, territorial networks, maritime networks, and also Arctic network now. He added this in the, the last year. And the, at the beginning, uh, there were a lot of countries who endorsed 
these projects and were very interested and endorsed these projects. And uh, <laughs> in, I don't know, starting from the 2016, 2017, 2018, something changed. Um, it's like uh, everybody understand what uh, the Belt and Road was. At the beginning, they just uh, think about the economic uh, opportunity it will it, it will bring, and uh, it, I don't know. Suddenly, everybody discovered that there was like a political side of this uh, economic project. So now it's very slow. And uh, for example, I think uh, in countries like uh, Europe, it's almost. Uh, frozen right now uh, because uh, um, for a lot of reasons but also because now the trust uh, the trust is not very high in china so it's uh, it's very slow right now and uh, the interesting thing is that uh, last year during the covid pandemic um, china tried to um, change it and uh, the belt and road the new the new silk road became uh, something like the a sanitary new silk road and china uses uh, the the links the network of the silk road to export uh, um, covid materials anti covid materials so uh, this is very interesting because we can see that china is very fast to understand when something uh, works and something doesn't work anymore and it's very fast to adjust it so until now uh, also the investments are very very low respect of the beginning the beginning were like billions and billions and now uh, it's it's very the amount of money is much uh, much much less so uh, for sure china um, uh, will uh, will stick with Belt and Road because it's like a Xi Jinping legacy. So for sure, Belt and Road will not uh, um, disappear, but uh, I think it will be more less strong in the years uh, to come because um, the West is like uh, <laughs> um, uni uh, is like becoming one unit, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so. It's not so easy right now for China to do business without any problem. Yeah, yeah. So why would you say um, is like is China essential to European countries when it comes to trading and especially during COVID? I think actually China is essential to all over the world, not only Europe. I think yeah. it's uh, you know it's a continent. It's uh, one billion, four million hundred people. So it's like. Uh, and it won't disappear. So it's something, someone uh, with whom we have to deal, absolutely. And uh, for me, the, the, I think we are maybe not taking the right path for do, in order to do that. Because now um, I will say something, I really, it's very difficult, I hope, to be clear. Because I think for the West, we are in some pretty interesting historical moment. Is the first time in centuries that the West uh, is uh, finding someone who is completely different from from himself, who has the strong the strongness to say, "I'm not in interested in your model. I have my model, and I think that my model is better than yours, and I don't want you to um, I don't know to criticize my way of life." 
And this is very, very new, very new, because in the last centuries, the West was like the, the first great power always, uh, Spain, Portugal, and then uh, UK, and then USA, and France, and, and the world, the, 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 the world rules were written from the West alone. It was like, uh, it's, it's like uh, for the first time now, we will have a very multipolar world because until now it was the, the West and then the other, the other part of the world, but the West was the most powerful. So mm -hmm. he, has no, he has not enemies or something, not enemies, not the right word, but he was alone. Yeah. It was like alone. And now there is China who is very powerful and is a very big market. And uh, in this, in this uh, decade, in the last decade, China became the second great power in the world. And maybe in 10 years, it will be the first great power in the world. And uh, the market is very big and the middle class, the Chinese middle class is, going, is growing very, very fast. And also uh, the rural consuming spending is on the rise. So for sure it's an interesting market. And, that, and, and, and also um, the globalization make all the world depend from China. All yeah. the world is depending from China. And we saw, we saw this last year when the China has the COVID, everybody, everything stopped. And for example, I have, I have to buy a bicycle and the shop told me we don't have bicycles because China is not shipping bicycles right now. Mm -hmm. Everything is closed. So um, I think it's, China is very important. But, uh, and I think also that uh, we, I don't know, we think uh, we, we, hear, we heard a lot uh, speaking about the decoupling, economic decoupling. Uh, Trump was the first, uh, the president of the United States, Donald Trump was the first to, to speak about decoupling, but it's really difficult. And uh, there are people who speak about a second Cold War. Uh, also, this is very difficult because uh, the first Cold War, USA and the uh, Soviet Union were very separated, very divided, but now the, we are very, very inter interconnected. So it's really difficult. And uh, I think it's also dangerous, actually. It's, not on, it's also dangerous to, to break, <laughs> to break mm. the interconnectivity and to create uh, two different fronts who are like in opposite uh, sides. I think it's not uh, a clever way to deal with China right now because China now is powerful. And uh, I think that we maybe we, we made a, a big mistake in the last decade because in the last decade, China was still a third world country. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe right then we have the power to, to um, let China change in some maybe human rights violation or things like that, and we didn't say anything because mm -hmm. we have to to sign the contract. And for like 15 years, uh, the West uh, diplomacy doesn't speak about didn't speak about human rights or something or things like that. We we forget about it. And now the China is so strong. We are like creating an ideological field. To, but I think it's really not a good, a good way to, to deal with China right now. Yeah. And uh, also I think that there is something, um, it's a new scenario. And I think we have to, to build, to create new ways. Because mm -hmm. it's, a new, it's something new. We, need, we didn't 
meet this before. So we have really to think out of the box. For the, we really need to think out of the box in order to, to avoid the worst, actually. Yeah, so I guess you kept mentioning that China does have a lot of power over the world, essentially. So why is it, why is it important for Italy, Greece, European countries, but also the US, Canada, and the West side of the, the world to sort of be careful when it comes to making deals with China and trading and et cetera? Uh, yes, it's um, a question of balance, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, for Europe, uh, I think uh, Europe right now is still doing like France. Uh, the relationship is still France and China, Germany and China, Italy and China. And I think that, of course, the balance is not the same. And uh, uh, of course, if the European Union will begin really a union, the, the, the thing can change because the the the, the, the power is is more by a little bit more um, uh, similar. So um, I think we have to be careful because uh, of course China, but not only China, um, the great powers. Uh, I don't know. They work for their own interests. Mm -hmm. yeah, Europe, uh, U.S. does this. European countries that do that do that. So China is not different. China is doing uh, its own interest. So we we have to be careful because of this. Because uh, of course we have to try to understand why China is doing something. For example, the uh, Belt and Road Initiative. At the beginning, maybe we didn't understand what it was really. For example, Italy. I, I think that I still think that Italy. Uh, Italy was the first of uh, the G7 members mm -hmm. who signed a memorandum of understanding about the Belt and Road Initiative. And I, I, I still think that maybe mm, the, Ita Italia, the Italian government that time didn't know actually what he was signing <laughs> because yeah. he, he signed it like a commercial agreement. And uh, actually, it was not a commercial agreement. For China, it was a political recognition of uh, uh, its globalization project. So it was a political agreement in some kind. It was really important for China because uh, a very important ally of the United States signed this deal. So it was something that the Chinese propaganda uses a lot in China. Uh, and actually, we didn't have any uh, commercial opportunity in these two years. So um, I still think that maybe they don't know, they didn't know what they were signing actually. Um, so we have to be careful because of course China is doing its own interests and, um, but like every other great power in the world is not different uh, in this. Yeah, so I guess sort of like on the other hand, we've talked about kind of, what people should be concerned about, but on the other hand, what are the benefits for China and Europe and like with this new Silk Road project, what benefits does it bring for both countries? The benefits are all economic benefits. And um, for example, um, uh, China for Europe is the uh, second largest trading partner after the US. And mm -hmm. Europe for China is the first. So, of course, and you know, there are saying that in Europe in 2050, there will be 1 million people less. And if Europe and everybody has to, the economy has to grow. So if the economy has to grow, you need markets. 
And mm -hmm. again, China is a big market, not only China, of course, all the all Asian countries now are really interesting. Uh, they are saying, there are forecasts that are saying that in 2050, all the biggest economy in the world will be in the Southwest Asia. So it's really a part of the world who is becoming more and more important. But China uh, is, is for, for example, for the Made in Italy is a really interesting market because the people is, is becoming very rich. There are a, a lot of rich people who is interested in, in Made in Italy quality product or something like this. So it's, I think, the um, interests are, are um, economic. And uh, I also, I think uh, that for me, and also, and this is very important, we need each other because we, we have uh, a big fight to, to fight together, like the climate change. The climate change without China is not, uh, it's impossible to win, it's impossible to fight. So we need China in order to, uh, to change our way of life and to, uh, to, 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 and also the, for example, the COVID pandemic, we need cooperation with China in that, because if, if we don't have China cooperation, we, we won't be able to, uh, to fight the virus. And um, it's very complicated because we are really in a globalized, globalized world. And mm. China is, uh, very big in this new world. And mm -hmm. as I was saying before, it's not disappearing tomorrow. No. It's there to stay. So we, 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 need, we need it. And, uh, but the thing that is really important, and I think it's a big difference between West and China, mm -hmm. is that China know West. And the West doesn't know China. China studies history, our philosophy, our culture. Uh, the Chinese leader knows, they studied Marx, studies a lot of uh, Western um, culture characteristics, but we don't know anything about China. And mm. this is very, very, we have to change this. We have to start studying it and we have to start not to see with our eyes, with our Western eyes, um, and not to, we have also not to judge. Actually, we have to try not to, to judge China. And of, attention, but when I say this, is not that we have to agree with China, mm -hmm. but we have to listen. We have to start listen. And until now, we don't listen because we think that China is some, I don't know, is some is not like us. We, we think that we are better than China. So uh, very often we don't listen and we don't study. We don't know China. And this, for example, is something that now China doesn't accept anymore. China wants to be uh, treated as a, a part, how uh, to say it, as a... Equals. <laughs> what? Equals are like on the same level. Yes, yes, yeah. as, as equals. And uh, until now, we don't treat China as equals because we have... Um, uh, for example, Chinese multi multilateralism is very different from Western idea of multilateralism. For China, everybody uh, um, can can be I don't know can they can speak with everybody. They don't have a problem if you are a monarchy, if you are a democracy, if you are a dictatorship. China is very pragmatic. They don't have this kind of uh, and they 
and for for the west is not so easy because for the west they the west is thinking that uh, mm, uh, the equal is someone who is always a democracy or is becoming a democracy or is something that uh, is similar to the west mm -hmm. and china now we know that won't be similar to the west china will rest china for the future so now maybe the west was thinking like 20 years ago the west was hoping was thinking i was predicting that china will become more democratic or will become more similar to the west but now we are sure that this won't that this won't happen anymore so we have to, to start dealing with this and i think that i don't know in italy we say wall against wall mm -hmm good way <laughs> to, yeah. to and uh, it's not a good way to to deal with it so we have to be more like uh, uh yes we have to start listening and we have to i think above of all we have to study we have really to know china and then not to uh, and not to feel us like we, like we are superior to it because now china can't accept this anymore uh, and the, the thing important is, is that not China is not changed in this year. We are changed, mm -hmm. not China. China is always the same. China about Taiwan, about Hong Kong, about all this, this uh, topic has always the same politics. It didn't change anything. We changed. Yeah. So also this is something we have to think about. And it's very important because I think if we i think we have to be careful right now and uh, also because you know in history it never happens that the first great power accept the second to become the first without uh, fighting yeah and uh, i hope that now we are a modern civilization and we are a modern world and we i hope this won't happen you know this mm -hmm. time this time i hope that the dialogue will be the the way the dialogue and also the uh, really i think the west now has to to find new words to create to create new ways as, and something really difficult really new but i think it's also uh interesting hit right now because it's the hit of the future yeah yeah exactly so um in the documentary I watched on the New Silk Road project, it, a lot of people that were talking about it were sort of skeptical about Chinese involvement. So why would you say that European countries do have reason to be skeptical about their involvement in, in the European Union, essentially? Yeah, because they have, uh, some people have concerned that China can influence the politics in Europe. Or for example, there were a lot of criticism about uh, when China uh, signed the memorandum in Italy, uh, they speak also about the Trieste port, which is a very important port in the near, in the north of Italy. And uh, so everybody was thinking that China it's like Italy was like a, a Trojan horse for China in Europe, uh, but actually that did, didn't happen and, um, for nothing. And also now the Trieste, the port of Trieste, um, it was the Germany's terminal operator Hamburger Hafen and Logistics uh, who finalized the acquisition of 50 
0.01% of the Trieste port. So now there is not this, uh, this danger anymore. But the, the thing is always the same. Uh, what China does is always something to be concerned of. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, we are scared that China can become stronger and stronger and powerful and powerful so and can change things. For now, I think in Europe there is not this, uh, this, this problem right now. Also because now Europe and China are at the, the relation between Europe and China is, uh, are at the lowest in decades. It's like uh, now it's very bad. The, the, the relationship is not too, so good right now. So mm. I think uh, there is no, now we can not be concerned about this anymore. Maybe two weeks ago, Italy, <laughs> Italy uh, was like uh, scaring a lot of allies, uh, also France, Germany, and also the US were like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing signing this uh, agreement with China? And then, uh, but, Right now, I think there is not this problem anymore. And yeah. actually, in these three years, nothing happened. So, yeah, yeah. So, it, it also, I mean, you mentioned like the US and China have always had like kind of butting heads. I mean, I mean, that's always, it's always been the case. And you said Europe is just trying, like, we're trying to be equal with China. So, how do you think Europe sort of ended up in the middle of this? No, I'm going to say fight lightly, but between the U.S. and China. Yeah, uh, because China and the U.S. are, are trying to, to take Europe from, to, to, them, yeah. to their side. So Europe is in the middle and I, I'm a European, so I really hope that Europe, in, Europe can act like a third actor, not like a, a one who is like, uh, yeah. how, how to say it, uh, and being pulled back and forth, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I think this is very interesting because Europe uh, called China systemic rival, systemic rival. And uh, it's different from the strategic rival from the US because Europe is, uh, is trying, and I hope it's successfully, to separate economic and politics. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think it's wiser than put them together. I think it's, I, I think maybe uh, the technological aspects need to, need to be separated. Maybe the technological aspect is right to separate because now I think the future, the, um, the oil of the future are the big data, right? And so the big question we have to all, we have to answer will be, uh, do you want to be spied from the US or from China? This is our future actually. So uh, I think maybe the technology sector is, is uh, the policy Trump started to separate and actually it was China the first to do that in 2010, China started to put out uh, from the country, the Silicon Valley companies and uh, China built its own internet with completely separated from the mm -hmm. one all over the world and also very, very controlled and, and you, you, with the, uh, the, uh, some topics are blocked. So it's really Chinese internet, Chinese internet with Chinese characteristics. So, yeah. and now we are copying that. Trump was the first. And also Biden uh, seems to, to follow this. And maybe I think this 
can be maybe the only field that when we, we can have this separation because you know if uh, you speak about privacy and uh, I don't know maybe yes it's better uh, but, but for example right now and I think it's very interesting in China the public opinion is uh, uh, speaking a lot about the where the they data are going Mm-hmm. And uh, so the Chinese government has to write a new law about privacy. And it's interesting because we don't do that. <laughs> I don't know in Canada or in the US, but in Europe, the the people is not thinking about where the data are going, actually. Nobody's. Mm-hmm. There is not this kind of uh, public, uh, um, public uh, topic. And uh, I think it's very interesting to, to, to watch what is is um is china doing the the, the people of china is, is doing is uh, and also for the technological aspect i think china uh is a place we have to to watch because for some things it is more uh is forward than us mm-hmm. uh, the use of technology in china is more is very very i mean in everyday life is very common for example in europe not not at all. I don't know in Canada, but in Europe, for now we use smartphone and we use Facebook and we use WhatsApp, but uh, mm-hmm. we don't have the facial recognition everywhere. We don't have the, um, uh, for example, for COVID, we didn't have the, the geolocalization. We we don't have this kind of things. In China, uh, there are still there are already reality. So. China is also a place maybe we, we can learn something. Mm-hmm. We can learn something we have to copy or something we have to avoid, <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. avoid. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, I think it's very interesting historic time right now. Yeah. Very, it's very interesting. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think would be, I mean, you mentioned earlier that like the Europe doesn't discuss deals with China as like a European Union. They usually do it like separate, like Italy, yeah. Greece, et cetera. So what would you say the benefits are would like or would be in talking to China and kind of negotiating deals as a whole European Union? Actually, I think it's very difficult. This really it's almost impossible, I think, because every government has uh, its own uh, public opinion so yeah i think it will be really a difficult task and uh, above all every government has uh, the economy of its country and he has to to be preoccupied of his own economy he can't he can't think about the economy of the other countries so uh, i think it's something utopian is can you understand this it's, it's utopia yeah. is not something that really became something that tomorrow we start to do this. But uh, for example, if we have to fight human rights abuses or uh, climate change problems or things like this, I I hope that we became a union and uh, only one, one voice. Uh, I really hope we can can do this because uh, after otherwise it's really difficult to, to, to do things I don't know (laughs) yeah exactly all right so the last question I'm going to ask it's kind of a general one but I mean 
what's happening with China right now has happened in England, the US, France for, they've done similar things over the past four centuries. So why is what China is doing now so important? And it's, I mean, it's kind of like, it's been done before in the past similarly. So why is it so important yeah. that we talk about it now with China? Because uh, uh, it's important because uh, it can change uh, the global order. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, as I was saying before, until now, the West was, the, was guiding, was, uh, was the director of the global order, and now it's not alone anymore. And now yeah. there is this great power who is completely different, who has a completely different culture, a completely different mind how the China thinks different from us and uh, uh, so it's really difficult also for I, I always say that uh, the West made uh, many predictions about China and anything <laughs> uh, and and it was like uh, um, many predictions that the West had made did not come true because China uses different um, a different system of thought. So for us, it's really difficult to understand China yeah. because we don't know her. As I was saying before, we don't know China. We don't study China philosophy. I don't know in Canada, but in Italy, we don't know Confucius. Nobody mm. knows who was Confucius. Nobody. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. Well, is he is in Chinese? Maybe. Someone knows that he's Chinese, but nobody knows what Confucianism means or is, or which is the, the, the philosophy uh, of the Confucianism. So, um, so I, I think really that uh, the time now is like uh, uh, very important because something is changing, but something very, very deep is changing. I, um, I always advertise the Netflix uh, documentary, uh, American Factory. I don't know if you, I think American Factory is a really perfect picture of what we are, we are like um, living right now. Yeah. And uh, the more important thing I think now is to find new ways to speak with China, a new way to also to not think as ourselves, as we are the most uh, beautiful, intelligent and, uh, of the world, we have to like to be more uh, uh, modest, can we say something yes. like this? Yes. More modest, but at the same time, we have uh, to be very, uh, very hard on in what we believe. Mm -hmm. For sure, there are some things that for me are like, uh, uh, human rights or for example I, I, I take human rights as an example I think it's really it's right we we speak about them but mm -hmm. without hypocrisy you know and without instrumentalization we have to to do it in the right way not in uh, um, how to say instrumentalization I yes. don't think this will help and uh, it's really difficult. It's really difficult, but I think it's also a a big hit, and it's uh, also a big opportunity to also to change the world and maybe to avoid the the, the worst. 
Yeah. I think it's very important to avoid the worst. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to end on that note. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day and chatting with me, especially with the time. Thank you. I know it was a little difficult to schedule around that. So again, I appreciate you taking the time and I hope you have a great rest of your day. It's 